0: Let's give him some praise right now. Lord, you're worthy of praise and honor. We adore you in this place, Jesus. Lord, we come right now and adore you with all that we are. Lord, we just adore that you left your throne and came down to this planet, that you left your bigness and came into our smallness without losing your bigness. Thank you, God, for entering our life. Thank you, Jesus, for coming into that manger, God. We adore you for humbling yourself to humanity to death and death on a cross wherefore you've been highly exalted above every name Jesus God's given you a name above every name Lord we thank you and we adore your name today and we don't take it for granted that you've come into our world and so we come and we adore you this morning with all that we are and all that we have in Jesus mighty name come on show him that you adore him one more time make it loud we're a loud church we're a loud people I think he's worthy Man, it is good to be in church with you this morning. Come on, what's up? 10.30, y'all good today? We are well able. Today is Vision Offering Sunday. Y'all excited for that? Yeah, come on, just do better than that. Vision Offering Sunday. Look at somebody sitting next to you and say, you're welcome to sit here if you give like crazy today. And grab your seat real quick. Man, I just think it's a privilege and honor to, get to come and be in the house with you today. And I just don't take it for granted that we get to adore him. And, and uh, there's so much to, to adore and who he is and what he's done for us. And so I just want to continue to encourage you, uh, like, don't let this season get uh, distracted or hijacked by all of the uh, stresses and all of the things that we all face. Come on, it's easy to start getting a little anxiety in this season. Anybody already facing some of that? Come on, if we're going to be honest, all of us have had to take a little extra breath so far. Some of your uh, Christmas decorating went crazy, went haywire, and uh, I know how that goes. Uh, My kids chose to blow leaves yesterday instead of doing Christmas decor. I'll take it. And, uh, And so anyway, I just think we want to continue to adore him and make sure it's all about Him this season. We are uh, in a series called We Are Well Able, and uh, it's been coming from the thought of Caleb, and today is Vision Offering Sunday. If you're new to our environments, every year we do a, an above and beyond offering where we um, just commit to giving to the vision that God has for our church and our region and our city, and uh, and just give above and beyond even our tithes and offerings just to the vision of 2020. And um, we've been pre- preparing for that and, and uh, getting ready. I hope you've been preparing your heart for that. We're gonna do it a little old school today. We're gonna have some buckets down here on the platform at the end of service, and we're going to go into worship again at the end uh, because we believe that giving is part of our worship, and so we're going to do it that way, and we're going to have communion on the sidewalls, but before we get into that, I want you to see a couple videos and uh, just some thoughts of what you're giving into and what God's done in certain lives, and there's probably 300 stories like this, but here's a story of just what God's done in several lives that you can know as you give and as we give today, this is what we're a part of. Check this out.
1: We've been members of the church for, what, three years?
2: Feels like it, yeah,
1: Been in Knoxville for about eight years and been married for nine years. Um, for me, I was broke. I was lonely. I was angry. Uh, I was diagnosed with type 2 bipolar. Um, I was hurt. Uh, we've been going to transformation church now for uh, two years maybe a little over two years Um, we came from charleston south carolina where we both worked at a church there Uh, i was a student pastor and she was the worship director we ended up leaving through some some hurts and some wounds that we had there
2: we were unhealthy spiritually mentally physically um, and we were fairly newly married um, We were just very unhappy and so knew we needed a change. And and I think we both felt like God was calling us to move on to something, something more, something different.
3: There was a issue that happened when I was about 12 years old. And I don't know why of all nights, of all days, I just had this overwhelming urge to call this friend of mine, Omar, um, which I wasn't even supposed to have his phone, I don't know how I got it. But it took me three times of rejecting that notion of calling him because it was, I mean, I hadn't seen him in almost a year. We didn't go to the same school anymore. Finally, by the third time, it was so overwhelming that I picked up the phone, called him, and ended up having one of the best conversations I've ever had in my entire life. I mean, it was Spiritually fulfilling in a way that I can't even describe um, He died um, I think two or three days after that
1: So what I am now is I'm redeemed and What I love about what redeemed means was regardless of The state that I was in God took me back to the value that I was created to be and Everything that I felt like Joe years ago like God just everything's gone everything that the locust took away god gave back and he poured an abundant blessing on it so we came here and to transformation kind of on a last leg and when we walked in we both kind of kept to ourselves kind of kept silent kept our opinions about it to ourselves uh, throughout the the service and one thing that stuck out and still—I still remember to this day—Pastor Jamie saying, "God's not mad at you." And at first, I, I was kind of taken aback because I kind of—I've never heard that before. It kind of goes against everything that I've heard in the past. And but then I thought about it, and he says, "He's madly in love with you. He's not mad at you." And it really stuck with me. And and since then, I, I kept experiencing more of the worship and the the joy that the worship team had, and the the passion that Pastor Jamie had. And when we finally left and got into our car after the service was over, we both looked at each other and we said, this is it, this is our church, this is our home, this is our family,
3: this is where God brought us. I never felt that it was supposed to be like, oh, I should have called him and stopped him and told him not to ride his bike to school that day, but it was just something that I carried with me. And it wasn't until our journey began um, that I had the exact same feeling, and that was to ask him out. And it wasn't necessarily to ask him out on a date or anything. It was just that very strong, overwhelming urge. And it was the exact same thing that I had experienced when I was 12 years old. He he was inviting me to come to church. And again, I didn't want to have anything to do with it. Um, But then my daughter, who is very much like me, She had a boyfriend at the time that invited her to church, and I thought, well, if she can, you know, go to church for her boyfriend, then I'll make the sacrifice and, you know, go with Stephen to church. Um, And once I started attending, I mean, I just never stopped. Dealing with a lot of different levels of abuse and abandonment, and
2: um, just it leaves you feeling worthless. And I would say that my walk with Christ has left me, has filled in every one of those holes, has given me back um, everything that was stolen away from me, has filled in every missing piece um, from just my life. So having, having the opportunity to know that type of love and security and to know that type of joy, and to know that I am worth something. I'm a child of God, and I am um, amazing. And I am, there's no need for me to be shameful about my story and the things that I have done or had done to me because some things are just out of my control. What we do in ignorance is not something that we should hold over ourselves for the rest of our life. What we do in ignorance is just that ignorance. Now that I know better because I know Him, I know Christ, I know everything that He wants for me, and I know that I am on the right path. I am redeemed, I am, I'm just,
3: I'm just filled with the light that nothing can dim. And then to be able to serve. So to take all of that pain that I had coming in from whatever that week or those struggles, and then to come in here and being able to just offer it to God in the way of serving, um, is incredibly transforming. It's liberating. Um, it's just a huge, huge blessing. And to see so many different people serving in so many different areas, um, a lot of, a lot of the, the people that serve here are more in the background. Um, they do things that you would never see. You see trash cans are empty. Um, you see that coffee's made. Um, there's hot water if you want it. Um, there's so many things that happen on in the background, and when you start serving and you start seeing how many different people are offering their time and their service, and they're so happy to do it, there's no way to not be transformed by that.
0: Wow, come on, isn't that awesome? That's Transformation Church, guys. You're a part of that, and every time... That you show up and serve and give and hope and believe somebody's life is impacted. And so I just want to say I'm grateful, I'm humbled, I'm honored to get to run this race with you guys. And um, I think the best is yet to come in our city. I think there's more to come. Come on, y'all believe that? Amen. I believe there's more for your life. I believe there's more uh, for our church. I-, I want to say this. We're going to see a vision offering at the end of service today. And um, just, just let, letting you in on this thought, um, I want us all to participate. I don't know how you've been praying or what you've been praying about, but maybe some of you came today. If you're a guest, this isn't for you, but but if you've been coming, you've been hearing about this, or maybe this is your first day uh, back to church, but you're part of our family, let's all participate in some fashion, some form, and here's why. Not because we need the money. It's not about that. Here's what I want you to know. When the Israelites, God's people, went to take the promised land, God gave the corporate people, the entire family of God, a vision and a mission to take the promised land, to take territory, and in that promise, when they went to take the territory, after they go and conquer, the Bible records that now Joshua actually divides out little lots of land to each family. And it's very meticulous how God records what each family received in their lot of land. So the point of that is there's a corporate overall church-wide house of God vision, but each of your families individually get a portion of that vision in the year to come. That God doesn't just bless the church. He blesses us individually and, and, and proportions to us uh, parts of the promise based on being a part of the overall picture. And so I want to encourage you, I, I just, for, for your sake, be a part of the picture and I promise you it's God's word. He's going to continue to divvy out parts of the promise to your family, to your inheritance this next year. We're in this series called We Are Well Able. We've been looking at Joshua and Caleb and um, just, I love those guys' spirit. There was 10 that said, ah, we can't do it ah, just, you know, come on. You've been around all those people that just, ah, they do. they can find discouragement in every, in every opportunity. You know what I'm saying? It's just, but Joshua and Caleb had this different spirit about them. It was like, it was this, this contagious spirit. They silenced all the people. And Caleb's like, we are well able. We can take the land. We can, we can overcome. We can do it. And so that's the thought of this whole season. I'm, I'm telling that's all I'm saying nowadays. Whenever with our team, with our staff, whenever, I mean, we face the same issues you face. We, we, we're battling the same battles you're battling, and, and we're trying to encourage each other. I, I sent Pastor Drew a text last night. We are well able. We are well able. You know, that's just, that's my heartbeat for this next year, for our house, for your house, like for your parenting, for your fatherhood, for your motherhood, for, for your school, for your college, for everything. We are well able. Come on, that's a place that you can give him a little praise because he's made you well able. <laughs> And, and, and so I, I want to share a verse and I shared it several weeks ago and I talked about this verse, but I want to get into a little bit of it today. Again, Joshua uh, is getting ready to go into the promised land. They take the land, they eat from the land and the Bible records this. It says, then the manna ceased. Everybody say manna ceased manna on the day after they had eaten the produce of the land. Say produce of the land. produce of the land. The manna ceased after they ate the produce of the land and the children of Israel no longer had manna. God's kids no longer had manna. Told you manna is a miracle without a mission. It's we wanting stuff from the sky, but having nothing to do with it. No mission, no purpose, just wandering wayward in the desert. God never intended you as a child of God to wander, ever. He says the the manna ceased, but they ate the food of the land of Canaan that year. The title for today is No More Manna Mindset. No More Manna Mindset. Let's pray real quick. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your people who are well-able. Thank you that it's a privilege and, a, and an honor to give hilariously, to give generously into the purposes of your promised land, the purposes of your kingdom, God. Thank you for giving us not just a life, but giving us, a, uh, not just a living, but giving us a life that's, that outlives us, God, as we give into the purposes of God. Lord, we don't want a man of mindset continue to change our heart and mind today. In Jesus' name, amen. No more man of mindset. Many of you, uh, how many of you got young kids? You're going to wrap all the Christmas gifts for Christmas and all that. You got that whole thing going on. How many of you got all your Christmas gifts shopping done right now? You're finished. You like three of you. I know. We're going to see you, you know, at the mall frantic. Lee Shopping, that's going to be us as well. Uh, you got your, your gifts wrapped. So, so if you want to understand a man of mindset, all you have to do is go fast forward to, and imagine yourself right now. Christmas morning, all the gifts are there wrapped. You have different age children. I don't know. It probably applies to all kids. And, 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 and all of a sudden, they begin to unwrap gifts and they just rip through the present and throw them to the side. And rip through the next one and, oh, that's, ah, thanks. Throw it to the side. Rip through the next one and throw it to the side. Over and over and over, over and over. There's no appreciation. I mean, listen, come on. If we're going to be honest, like maybe you've got better, you know, great kids that are just singing hallelujah at every gift they open. But my kids, through the years, they're ready to get to the next one. They're ready to see what the gift you know the next present is like. Ah, okay, barely a thank you. They rip through it and go the next. And and so so there's no necessary appreciation so much in the moment, no thanks in the moment. And here's here's why I believe because we've tricked them, we've conditioned them to think they come from a fat guy in the sky. I did not tell my kids about Santa Claus at all. I told them that Santa was a lie, that he was on a throne of lies. And you're like, was it some spiritual reason? No, it wasn't a spiritual reason. I didn't want a fat guy in the sky to get credit for my hard work. (laughs) But I have sacrificed and I have worked and I have sweated and I I have produced and I have given money to these gifts and I have wrapped. They did not fall down the chimney from some guy you don't know. They're from dad and mom. The man of mindset that, that we get sometimes is we think that God's just gonna drop stuff out of the sky, that, that there's no sacrifice, there's no sweat, there's no hard work. Like as Christians, sometimes we're the worst with it. Like we just need a miracle. Just drop it out of the sky. That's a man of mindset. It's it's this it's this miracle without a mission. God says, no, no, no. The man has stopped the minute they ate the produce of the land. God's called us to produce, to sacrifice, to sow, to plant, and to produce in the kingdom of God. That's what we're called to. Here's what produce mindset means. All provision in my life and your life has been planted in seed form by someone. Everything in your life right now has been planted by someone, by you or someone. Everything in our church has been planted in seed form by someone. We understand that, that God made seeds and there's produce in those seeds. A produce mindset says provision comes from what we plant. You want huge provision? Get a huge mission. You want big provision in your family, in your life this next year, get a big mission to plant into, get a big vision to plant into. And so, and so I believe that that we understand there's a planting. And so we're going to receive an offering today and we're going to plant seed. We're going to plant not just into our own purposes. We have promises and purposes from God as a church. You saw those videos. That's our purpose. So to make Jesus known, so lives are transformed. That's it. That's our calling. And, and, and I've told you that there's different areas we're giving to. We're believing for more locations. We're believing for kids' ministry, next-gen ministry, and all those things. But I told you, we're also a church-planting church. We're believing to plant other churches. And I've got a good friend here with us today, Reeves Wilder. Reeves, would you come on up here? Come on, give Reeves Wilder a hand real quick as he comes up. Pastor Reeves and his wife moved here, I think, about not even a year ago, maybe. What, a year? June. They moved here in June and uh, been in Birmingham, Alabama. Don't hold against him. He is an Alabama fan. He said it'd be a miracle to put orange on him. He will wear orange in Jesus' name. And... Uh, and so uh pastor Reeves is planting a church called Hope Valley Church how cool is it that we get to plant into the promise that they have I want you to hear a little bit of the promise that God's given them because we're not just planting into our promise we're planting into the kingdom promise of what God's done they're an art church here from my brother Reeves real quick how and you doing Ten
4: thirty service you all right come on you're doing well listen first off I am honored to be standing on this stage um What this church, listen, I've traveled all over the United States and standing on many stages, and what you have here at Transformation Church is not happening everywhere else. So I need you to know what is going on here is special. It is a revival. God is breathing in this church, in this city. I'm telling you. And it's not only going to happen through this man's mouth, it's going to happen through you. So do it, man. Just go and do it. Um, I, uh, I tell you, um, how, how many you know that when you change your posture, you change your perspective? Your perspective shifts. And when your perspective shifts, your whole world can change. Just from watching these videos, man, I told, I told Pastor Jamie, I said, man, I'm getting emotional before I get up here. This is crazy. These, these lives that are changing. When you change your perspective, when you change that posture, when you've been looking at something for so long... You know, your whole world can change. And that was, that was my story. I've been pastoring for 16 years in, in Birmingham. I thought I would plant a church in Birmingham. And who knew 16 years ago that I would be standing in Knoxville, Tennessee, where orange runs deep. Man. <laughs> my wife told me only God can do it. <laughs> uh, I'm standing here in Knoxville. I moved in June with uh, my wife. i got three kids, Braden, Braxton, and Lucy. And we packed up our whole lives Just on the idea of a promise that God had for this city, not for me, for this city, that there are broken people. When you look at the statistics of Knoxville in the metro area, there's about 850,000 people on this uh, uh, east side. And uh, over 350 of those 850 don't even know Jesus Christ. The statistics are staggering of the pain and hurt. How many know that there is no discretion when it comes to pain? Sin shows no discretion on anyone in this room. And I think it's important. for to. I believe that church is the local hope of the world. I really do. The local church is the hope of the world. I said that backwards, but you, you understand. <laughs> Listen, I am honored to be standing here at this church. And I believe God has his best for not only this church, but Hope Valley Church. And we're not just the next church coming in. We're a church to help support churches and help people. Find a true living God and have hope for their lives and their family. Thanks, man. I love you.
0: Brother, yeah, come on, give reason. a hand. Yeah, thank you, man. Thanks for being in the city. And, I, you know, we got to meet several months ago. How many know if we can get rid of labels and titles and, and logos that we can do a lot in the kingdom of God, right? And so I want you to know, I, want you to see, I wanted to put flesh to that promise What we were talking about and let you meet Reeves. And, and there's not competition amongst us. This, that kind of stuff right there wouldn't happen in a lot of places just because, you know, people are competitive and pastors get weird and all that. And he knows and I know that, that, that if we're, we're better together. We believe that. And, and we're better together with other churches. And so if you give even this, this morning and into this, um, into this vision, you're giving into other promises besides just one that we have. I want to look and talk about three or four things real quick. And then at the end, we're going to all stand up and we're going to prepare together. We're going to give joyously, the Bible says. And then one of our brothers, a trustee of our church named Mike Hussar, is going to come and actually pray over um, your, uh, your, your seed today, and as you sow, he's going to pray over us, and uh, he kind of leads up or helps lead the vision of our vision uh, partners. Uh, that is a team, by the way. If you have that just gift of generosity, gift of giving, the Bible talks about a gift of giving. If you have that, just like the gift of faith or the gift of leadership, there's a gift in Romans 12 of giving. We have a team of those people that have that gift, and that's what this offering's about. And um, we're just going to believe uh, to see God do some supernatural miracles so we can make a difference. Here's a couple quick thoughts about sowing and sacrificing. Number one, worship and sacrifice are always connected. Worship and sacrifice are always connected. Look at the verse in Genesis 22, 5. This is where Abraham has been asked by God to sacrifice his promise to the son Isaac And they're going to sacrifice. It says, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. He's talking to the servants. It says, stay here while we go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. We will worship and then we will come back to you. That is the first mention of the word worship in the entire Bible. The the, the word worship is not mentioned in the Bible until it's connected to this moment of sacrifice. The place we see Abraham at the altar of sacrifice is the place we get the word worship. It's amazing that you and I, we get the opportunity to worship by sacrificial giving and living, not just financially, but giving of our life. And and you cannot separate worship and sacrifice. We call on God's name in worship because Jesus sacrificed. Jesus gave his life, and that's why we can call on that. We honor men and women that, that sacrifice, right? Come on, there's memorials built to them. I mean, we're gonna celebrate the life of Martin Luther King Jr. in January. There's memorials, there's a day. He sacrificed his life, he sacrificed his family in a way. There's, there's, we honor sacrifice. Many of you have given sacrificially in your, your life to, to one of our armed forces. I was talking to a brother this morning, right here, Marine on the front row. He said, I've had four knee surgeries and four 15 shoulder, so, shoulder surgeries, and I got a metal plate in my head. And no, he didn't say all that. But, <laughs> but he did have knee surgeries and shoulder surgeries. And he sacrificed his body and like we honor that, right? And, and so I think there's something about just worship being connected to sacrifice that we need to see and we need to understand. Number two, very simple thought. And this is probably one of the most important ones I want you to get today uh, as you give. Uh, sacrifice starts with faith. So what I want you to hear is this. This is not a financial exercise that we're doing today. It's not a budgeting exercise. How much? Okay. How much? Can I, what, let's budget. Let's see. Let's make sure. Da-da-da-da-da. No, it's not this. Uh, this you know, penny pinching financial financial exercise. It's an actual faith exercise. It's a it's a heart faith exercise. It starts with faith. All sacrifice starts with faith. And if it doesn't, it gets very messy. And that's the reason that I can stand up here and talk about it this way and preach faith into you and put faith into you because, because I believe that's what takes sacrifice and turns it into something meaningful. Right. I want you to see this verse, Hebrews eleven seventeen 17 through 18. It says, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises, offered up his only begotten son, not of whom it is said, listen to this, in Isaac, your seed shall be called. It says, in Isaac, what was Isaac? The sacrifice, your seed shall be called in Isaac. In your sacrifice, your seed shall be called. Listen to me. Faith turns sacrifice into seed. Yeah. Amen. Faith, Amen. You, 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 when, you, when you are going to sacrifice, faith takes a, a sacrifice, what doesn't make sense, what is sometimes painful, what God says, okay, I need you to go through. I need you to give up. I need you. To, and when you put faith with that, all of a sudden now it becomes this seed because you have a vision that the future is going to be better than today. You have a vision that something greater is coming tomorrow. In Isaac, your seed shall be called. Isaac is what? The sacrifice. In Isaac, what's the seed? In Isaac, your sacrifice, the seed, the seed is the grain of your future. It's the thing that has the life of your future in it. In Isaac, in your sacrifice, the life of your future shall be called. What's the word called? It's kaleo in the Hebrew. It actually means that God would shout out loud and name it. Some of you are having trouble naming the season of sacrifice that you've just been through. Some of you are having trouble naming why you went through that loss or why you went through that sacrifice or why you went through that season. Like, God, it doesn't make sense. I don't understand it. I can't figure it out. But when you begin to mix faith with it and put faith into that, all of a sudden now God begins to call out in a loud voice and name the season of sacrifice you went through and call it blessed, call it prosperous, call it future, call it hopeful, call it healed, call it blessing. You're like, I just don't understand what I went to. Mix faith with it. Begin to put faith in it. Come on, your sacrifice has a name. It's called Jesus. Our sacrifice has a name. His name is Jesus. So everything that you've ever been through, now God names your sacrifice Jesus, which is resurrection and hope and faith. I'm trying to put faith and preach faith into a season that maybe some of you just went through so it can go from sacrifice into seed. And so when you give today, there's hope for a future. There's hope for a blessing. There's hope for God actually naming it something other than what you've seen it as. It's called seed, and God wants to prosper and bless. And I don't just mean financially. I'm not up here trying to say, okay, you're going to put a dollar in and get $10. That's not. But the Bible wants you prosperous. Why do we have such a hard time as Christians understanding that God wants us to prosper? I mean, how can you be a blessing if you're not blessed? It says that you're going to bless the world. Like, if you're walking around beat up, sick, unhealthy, angry, depressed, and poor, you can't bless anybody. Everybody's running from you. <laughs> you know, I'm just being honest. You ever met him? Like, every time you talk to him, how's it going? Well, I'm just, man, I'm just. I'm like, okay, have a great day. I, I, just, I just, God wants you prosperous. And that's the heart of God. Listen listen to this. The place that you settled is the place that you last sacrificed. The place that you last sacrificed is the place you settled. Whether it's in your marriage, in your church, in your finances, in your investment, at your workplace. I just want my marriage better, God. Sacrifice. Don't settle. Sacrifice. I just want to be a better parent. Well, get up early and sacrifice and take them to Starbucks and have a conversation. I just want a a better future in retirement. Sacrifice. I just wish church was something different and it wasn't just the same. Sacrifice and get on the serve team. It just seems the the same every time I show up. Come on, you're not sacrificing. This isn't a spectator sport. Come on, Front Row Joe. Y'all don't know that's Front Row Joe. Come on, somebody. He's my best friend. He encourages me. It's in a one-way conversation. (laughs) Hallelujah. I hope he encourages you. Come on, on, Transformation Church. We refuse to settle. There's more cities. There's more Hope Valleys. There's, there, I, got a, I got a letter from a guy in Kentucky uh, going back to this little tiny town of 30,000 in Kentucky. He's an art church called Grace Life Church asking for finances. That came to my office the other day. He said, please, we're called back to my hometown, the epidemic of murder and opioids. And, and, and everybody say, why would you go to the armpit of, the, of Kentucky? And, and he's like, this is where God's calling me. There's more places in our nation that need the hope of God and the life of God. Let's don't settle for where we are there's more locations more ministry more healing more families more 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 videos that we saw today and I just refuse to be one that settles come on number three sacrifice embraces the future sacrifice embraces the future look I got two things of grapes up here how many y'all like grapes Look at this one right here. This is, this is a, a, a branch, what do you call it? A cluster, a branch. It's a cluster of seedless grapes. Come on, I like seedless grapes. Anybody like seedless grapes? This other one right here, we got a little cluster of seeded grapes right here. They're, they're the purple type. I, I, like the, I like this. I don't even know how you get seeds out of grapes. I don't know what invention it was but I like it. Like I like to pay for my food and I get the grape and I chew the grape and it's convenient and I swallow the grape. I don't have to dig around for seeds. I don't have to cut the grape in half and dig the seeds out. I just get to conveniently do no work. I paid for it and eat the grape. Anybody like that? Come on. I'm a seeded grape guy or a seedless grape guy. It's the best way to go. And then you got the seeded grapes. You got to cut it in half. You got to chew into it. You got to dig around and get the the seeds out of your mouth and spit them out and figure out how to get around them. And they're kind of gooey, like little fish eyes. And it's kind of weird. And these, these are convenient. Listen, these are convenient, but they've sacrificed their future because there's no seed on the inside of them. And when we, and when we live seedless living and seedless lives, we sacrifice, we forfeit our future. If we want to live lives and marriages without seeds or, 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 or generosity without real seeds or serving without... We, can't, we cannot live seedless lives, guys. You're a Christian. You've got seeds inside of you. I know it's convenient and it tastes good sometimes to live seedless, but it's not a futuristic vision. And, and, and let me ask you a question. Why does it taste so nasty when you bite into the seed of a grape or to some other fruit? Because the seeds were never meant to be eaten. God actually made them taste disgusting because he didn't want us to consume what we were supposed to sow. (laughs) And if you think you have a bad taste in your mouth, maybe you're eating the seed that God's called you to sow. And maybe we're supposed to put something in the ground. I mean, God put seed inside of everything and he never meant for them to taste good. Because it's supposed to go into the ground and plant and produce a harvest. So I think that we're going to be a people that continue to sow and live seeded lives for our future for our generations to come, for our children. Mike Ussar is gonna come up and he's gonna pray for us here. And Mike, is him and his family have been part of our church from really the beginning, about, about six, seven months in after I came here as the pastor, they joined our church. And uh, Mike's one of our trustees, again, like I said. And, and, and his vision, here, here's the vision of he and his wife. Uh, the vision for Mike and his wife, Lisa, with his company, with his family, with his business, is this, to extend the kingdom of God. So even in his company, his whole vision is just to extend the kingdom of God. I wanted him to pray for your offering today and your sacrifice today, which is actually seed, because I believe that he has a, an anointing um, to, to extend the kingdom. And I believe in that to flow into your family and into your home. And God does that. He can impart that way if you'd open up your heart in faith. The last thought about sacrificing is this. I want you to know with sacrifice, there comes an urgency, there's, there's got to be an urgency, and, and this is what I mean. When King David went to fight Goliath, do you remember the story? The Bible records da- David goes, "What does the guy get that fights this dude?" And they go, "Oh, he gets to marry the king's daughter." And King David's like, "Man, I saw her at a party once. Man, dang, okay." And <laughs> like, "Oh, and he gets tax-free living for the rest of his life, their family." Oh, hold up, all right, and his bills get paid off. Uh, uh okay. Here's David visualizing into the future. But it was bigger than that. Listen, that was all selfish reasons. It was bigger than that. He he, he looks at Goliath and Goliath makes a statement. Goliath says, come out, give us a champion. Give me a champion. I'll fight your champion. Goliath says, if I defeat your champion, then you serve us as slaves. But if, if you defeat me, we'll serve you as slaves. David knew that the generations of freedom were at stake. So the Bible says that he actually ran at Goliath. And and was urgent in the sacrificing of his life, even with these little stones and this shepherd boy, 13 years old. The Bible says he took the stones, he slew Goliath, Goliath fell. This song is written by the Israeli women. Come on, they're celebrating their, their hero, David, right? King Saul and King David. David's not king yet. And, and the girls write this song. Literally, you can read your Bible. So we need to read it slower. And the girls sing this song. It's a top, top hit. And the song says this: Saul has slain his thousand. David, his tens of thousands. Saul got ticked off at that little love song the girls wrote for David and wanted to kill David, but that's a different sermon. How how did David kill his tens of thousands? That was the first person he killed in the Bible. Because God knew and David knew that inside of Goliath was tens of thousands of the enemies of God. And that there was an urgency and that if David would fight that giant, that he would kill the future generations that would try to enslave god's people and that urgency in david's heart was this if i don't fight this giant my kids will have to face it if we don't fight certain giants i got goosebumps just talking about this if we don't fight certain giants our kids are going to face it. I don't want our kids to face loneliness and depression and the drug abuse that I faced and the, and the lostness and the, and, the, and the depression. I don't want our kids to face, face a, 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 a hopeless et- eternity without Jesus Christ. I don't want this city and other people in the region where, where, where Hope Valley's going to be. I don't, I don't want us to not face the giant. There's an urgency to face the giants we're called to face. And today as we do that, I think that we're not just sacrificing. We're sowing seed to be urgent with the things of God. Would you stand to your feet with me and Mike's gonna read a scripture real quick and just go ahead and grab your offering and just pray over it maybe, prepare it. He's gonna pray and give a scripture real quick and then just prepare your heart this morning.
5: When uh, I came up here in first service or I was here at first service and Pastor Jamie called up Reeves Wilder and he came here from Birmingham with his main man, Adam and uh, they're building a church and I thought, what are they doing here? And he calls him up and says, we're going to sow into their planting. And I'm thinking, no, we're not. What are you? Do? I got really competitive. Like, what are you doing? I, I didn't get called to build Reeves Church. I came to build my church. And God said, it's not your church, it's mine. And then he said, and this is what really got me, there are a million people in East Tennessee that don't know me. I didn't do any fact checking. I'm going to assume God knows what he's talking about. But if there's a million people in East Tennessee that don't know him, we need Reeves' church, Reeves and Adams' church. We need this church to do far more than it's ever done before. You saw three videos today, and there's 300 more just like it in this room. But what about 30,000 videos just like it? 300,000 videos just like it. We're here to transform lives. In 1 Chronicles 29, starting in verse 3, King David is talking to his people about building the temple, and he says, Because I have set my affection on the house of my God, I have given to the house of my God, over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house, my own special treasure of gold and silver. He then asks, Who then is willing to consecrate himself this day to the Lord? The people then responded in verse 6, Then the leaders of the father's houses, leaders of the tribes of Israel, the captains of thousands and of hundreds, and the officers over the king's work offered willingly. In verse seven, they gave for the work of the house of God. For the 30,000 videos, the 300,000 videos. After details about their giving, check this out in verse nine. Then the people rejoiced. For they had offered willingly because with a loyal heart they had offered willingly to the Lord. And King David also rejoiced greatly. And then they sacrificed a thousand bulls and a thousand rams and a thousand lambs. And at that point, David's praising God in verse 16. He says, "O Lord, our God, all this abundance that we have prepared to build you a house for your holy name is from your hand and is all your own. In other words, we're just giving you back what you gave us. It's not ours. It's all his. Hmm. I know also, my God, that you test the heart and have pleasure in uprightness. Wait, where did that come from? Why, why did he stick that right in the middle of that? Because God doesn't need your money. It's all his. He wants your heart. And he knows that your heart can be tied to your wallet. And so... He's testing the hearts and saying, are you willing to sacrifice? Hmm. As for me, in the uprightness of my heart, I have willingly offered all these things. And now with joy, I have seen your people who are present here to offer willingly to you. Here at Transformation Church, we have a vision for reaching people with the good news of the gospel, for transforming lives, with breaking bondages, with healing relationships, with healing bodies, with impacting the nations for the cause of Christ. It's no small feat. Who then is willing this day to offer willingly to the Lord with a loyal heart? Let's pray. Lord, we are grateful for your abundance in our lives. We are blessed beyond measure. Now we, with great rejoicing, are willingly giving out of your abundance in our lives to your work on this earth. We pray for your blessing over this offering, over this pledge. We pray for wisdom in utilizing these resources wisely. And we pray that you increase our effectiveness and our impact on this earth for your
0: kingdom in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' name. Come on, we're going to worship God right now just prepare your heart. The platform is open. As we worship, you can make your way down here. You can make your way to communion. Might be a little bit of chaos in here, but let's all participate and believe that every sacrifice is a seed into the things in the kingdom of God. Come on, let's worship God with our giving this morning.